0: And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Monday, January the 27th, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Today on January 27, 1981, President Ronald Reagan and his wife Nancy, they greeted the 52 former American hostages released by Iran at the White House. Today in 1756, composer Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, he was born in Salzburg, Austria. Great music. I love to listen to Mozart, some of Mozart. I have a couple of CDs that I like to play in the mornings. In fact, there's a Mozart CD that I like to play sometimes when I'm in my office early in the morning. It's called Mozart in the Morning. (laughs) And it's good with a cup of coffee, I can tell you. Today Today in 1832, Charles Ludwig Dodgson. It's Dodgson. He wrote... Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, under the pen name of Lewis Carroll. He was born in Cheshire, England today. Alice's Adventures in Wonderland later became Alice in Wonderland. Today, in 1880, Thomas Edison received a patent for his electric incandescent lamp. That would be a light bulb. Today, in 1943, 50 bombers struck William Shaven, in the first all-American air raid against Germany during World War II. Today, in 1945, during World War II, troops liberated the Nazi concentration camps of Auschwitz and Birkenau in Poland. Today, in 1972, the Mahalia Jackson, Queen of Gospel, she died 60 years old. Today, in 1973, the Vietnam Peace Accords were signed in Paris, And today in 1998, First Lady Hillary Rodham Clinton was sitting on NBC's Today show, charged, she charged that the sexual misconduct allegations against her husband, President Bill Clinton, was the work of a vast right-wing conspiracy. Ten years ago today, Apple CEO Steve Jobs unveiled the iPad tablet computer, made the presentation in San Francisco, and uh, John Roberts, the Chief U.S. Justice of the Supreme Court who is presiding over the hearings, the trial of President Trump in this impeachment matter, his birthday is today, he's 65 years old. John Roberts, working on his birthday. I'm sure that'll they'll mention that. I don't know if it'll be in the news, but they'll mention it today somewhere. <clears throat> At least during the hearings, I wish him happy birthday, I would assume. The far left is calling out this weekend for clarity. They're saying we don't want the fake, the phony, and the fraudulent. As America tries to see through a glass darkly, as it is, to discern the truth of what's really going on in our country, and our culture, the noise, the images, they can be overwhelming. I mention this from time to time on this program because I hear it a lot. A lot of people say, you know, Gary, I I just, I can't take it anymore. I turn off all the devices and I just lock myself up somewhere. I don't want to know what's going on. I can't deal with it. I understand that. It's overwhelming. It's unlike anything we've ever experienced in the history of this nation, in the history of the world. One of the reasons is because, not that the world has been so great up to now, it's that there are so many mediums out there. There's so many channels of information. It's like the old saying, you're thirsty and you're trying to get a drink of water out of the end of a fire hose. It's just overwhelming. I understand that. And yet, we must be informed. We've got to be. Thomas Jefferson said, whenever the people are well informed, they can be trusted with their own government. That whenever things get so far wrong as to attract their notice, they may be relied upon to set them right. Boy, that defines what America is about. That's not true in every country because in many countries, perhaps most of the countries on the globe, the people don't have the opportunity that we have to get things right, to set things right. But we have that right. And yes, I know there's always talk about, you know, rigged um, elections and elections being um, manipulated. I understand that. We live in a broken world. And all of us are broken people but for the grace of God. All have sinned. Our founders even took that into consideration in their deliberations when they were writing the Constitution. They acknowledged that all of us are broken and sinful. Therefore, they said, we need checks and balances. And to the best of their ability, they wrote that into our Constitution and did a marvelous job because our Constitution is one of the few, if not the only, that has stood this long without a revision or a rewriting. But Jefferson was right. When people are well informed, they can make the right decisions collectively. If we're not informed, we can't. That's very true. Thomas Jefferson also said, and this has been disputed, but he actually did say this. He put it in a letter. <laughs> it was drafted. Um, it was written to a Colonel Charles Yancey on January 6, 1816. So if you've heard that what I'm about to say, a, a quote of Jefferson, he didn't really say that. The liberals always say this, but they discount the letter because they said, well, we don't know that he wrote that. Well, he did write it. And Jefferson said, if a nation expects to be ignorant and free in a state of civilization, it expects what never was and never will be. He went on to say in that same letter to Charles Yancey, he said, if we are to guard against ignorance and remain free, it is the responsibility of every American to be informed. Again, so true. Bernie Sanders his followers are saying, is the real socialist. And they said, we've got to get to the bottom of this. This past weekend, Saturday and yesterday, Hollywood filmmaker Michael Moore, you know who he is, and Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, we all know who she is, they were out campaigning for Bernie Sanders. Michael Moore told the folks in Iowa this weekend, he said, we don't want the fake the phony and the fraudulent and the, well, I'm for Medicare for all. And then, well, I'm sort of for Medicare and then Medicare for what? No, no, no. He shouted in the microphone, no more, no more, no more, fist in the air and all. Well, Moore's comments coming just days before the Democratic caucus in Iowa. We will actually be into the 2020 election here in just a few days next week in Iowa. Well, he, of course, supports Bernie his comments and Ocasio-Cortez's comments were obviously directed at all the candidates, but specifically at Elizabeth Warren. But they underscore the point that regardless of which side of the proverbial aisle we're on, left or right, everybody seems to be seeking some clarity, even if they're confused. Even if they don't know the truth, they're trying to define the truth and expose the truth and create the truth in some cases. Even if you're far left socialist, you want to be the honest. They weren't denying that he's a socialist. They were just saying he's the honest, the real socialist, not the fake one. So Elizabeth Warren, in their minds, excuse me, my hands were in the air. You couldn't see that, but I hit my microphone here. I don't do that very often. But I feel very passionate about all this, particularly about the truth. But anyway, even even if you're a far-left socialist, you want to be the honest socialist, the real one, not the fake one. They were saying that Elizabeth Warren is the fake socialist and Bernie is the real socialist. They didn't mention that Bernie has three homes, one on a lake and so on. I don't have any problem with that because I'm not a socialist. I say, go for it, Bernie. If you can afford it, do it. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, if that's what he wants, that's great. But they hide those kinds of things and the fact that they... Jet around, you know, on their own private jets while they're preaching sermons about climate change and existential threats and all that kind of. Thing. Anyway, they say they're trying to get to the to the truth, and they say that they they were saying this weekend we are the real socialists, and Elizabeth Warren in particular is the fake socialist. But that threads all through our culture. We're trying to make the case. Everybody has a case to make. They have a message. They have a belief. We find even Jesus addressed double-mindedness. He said, no man can serve two masters. You can't have different ideas or beliefs in the case of what Jesus was teaching. He said, for either you will hate the one and love the other or else... He will hold to one and despise the other. He can't serve God and Mammon. Double-minded man, James writes, is unstable in all of his ways. So everybody's searching for clarity, and everybody wants to convince the other folks that they're right. So we live in this world, and it's cloudy, it's gray, it's 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 shaded, it's layered, it's complicated, it's nuanced. And yet Proverbs says in chapter 21, verse 21, he who pursues righteousness and loyalty finds life, righteousness, and honor. Life is a pursuit. It is the looking for. It is the pursuit of what is real. That's what these folks are looking for. They're looking for something that they can attach themselves to. Whether it's socialism, communism, atheism, and in some cases, Christianity as an ideology, not a relationship with Jesus Christ. So in this world, there's all kinds of confusion, and that's what creates this noise. And it doesn't make sense. It's all kind of going in the same direction, but but it's all disconnected. There's all these little parts, and they're just going around, and they're but they're all kind of generally headed in the same direction. And in too many cases, they're headed toward destruction. But they're all headed in the same direction. This weekend, the Trump legal team began their messaging, their offense on Saturday, offending the president, defending the president, explaining that Democrats, not President Trump, are trying to mislead the nation. I happen to believe what they're saying. The president's lawyers in their opening statements on Saturday defended the president against the two articles of impeachment that's been filed by the Democrats, the House of Representatives. I think we're all aware of that. They claim that it's the Democrats, not the president, that's trying to interfere in the elections by seeking to remove him from the 2020 ballot for doing absolutely nothing wrong. They said it's the Democrats, not Trump, who is doing damage to democracy by trying to undermine the will of the American voters. Not only are Democrats asking the Senate to undo the results of the 2016 presidential election, but they want all of the 2020 election ballots with Trump's name not on them and those that have been printed torn up. Trump lawyer Pat Cipollone, he said, for all their talk about election interference... They're here to perpetuate the most massive interference in an election in American history. And we can't allow that to happen. And when he had finished talking, Schiff and other guys were running out to the press, to the nearest camera and saying, that's a lie. That's not true. We're just trying to get to the truth. We're not trying to remove the president. Well, yes, they are. I got to be honest with you. I kind of questioned the wisdom of the Republicans. I mean, who am I to question the great republican leaders that we have but i did kind of question their wisdom in starting the defense of trump on a saturday there's a reason why people in the television industry and they do they refer to they refer to daytime saturday with the exception of sports the death valley of television programming and the reason they call it that is because nobody watches television on saturdays kids used to but now there's so many you know, other channels that the main channels, I mean, really, they're, they're, they sell time to, you know, vacuum cleaner infomercials or whatever. But lawyers, Cipollone and Jay Sekulow, they either have this planned or they decided they better do it to save themselves or whoever made the decision. Their remarks on Saturday, they turned it into kind of a teaser to say, look, Here's what we're going to say, and here's why we're going to say it, and here's what you can look forward to today, starting Monday, today. So the Republican defense of the president is continuing in earnest this morning. We'll talk about what they're saying this morning tomorrow and make reference to whatever it is that we should, you know, remind ourselves of. I personally believe that the president's lawyers are right. I personally believe if, if I believed that Donald Trump, President Trump, was was guilty as charged by the Democrats as a just as a as a Christian, I couldn't support that. But I don't believe it. I believe that they're taking the elements or weaving them into a, a bent misleading narrative, as they say, to mislead the public. And of course, the press is complicit. The press picks and chooses little excerpts and little sound bites out of hours and hours and hours of talk, and they run those on the ABC, NBC, CBS. I wasn't able to check this out definitively, but I think, I think the March for Life that had tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, of people. President Trump himself, in person, spoke there, historically. No president sitting president has ever done that before. But I'm pretty sure that not one of the ABC, NBC, CBS news reports, as they do in the evening, not one of them covered that march. They may have, but I, I looked and I couldn't find it. You, I don't have multiple screens, but I watched... I think it was ABC that evening. I know they didn't mention it, not at least not during their main news uh, presentation. But that's how they mislead. And that's how anyone misleads. It's not only by what you say, but it's what you choose not to say. Through omission. Lindsey Graham said yesterday, he said if you want to use a piece of evidence from a deposition or a tape. Make sure that the other parts of the tape do not destroy the parts that you used. That's so true. He was talking about how the two lawyers for the president, Cipollone and Jay Sekulow, made the case with the rest of the tape on Saturday. And they will be doing so today, probably are as we speak. He was referring to the performance of Trump's lawyers on Saturday morning. He said he called it a takedown by Trump's attorneys of the White House impeachment managers. Mike Huckabee said this morning he said Trump's lawyers are were masterful and just warming up for the longer session on Monday that would be today. He said they showed why these White House representatives with all their misrepresentation of fact would more aptly be called misrepresentatives. If you didn't catch if you didn't watch because you're sick of the whole mess, you really should go back and watch it. Unlike the Democrats' excruciating, embarrassing, insulting, monotonous, endlessly repetitious. 22-hour life. fest, this is smiling Mike Huckabee saying this, he said, this is fabulous and runs only about two hours and whatever you do, don't miss Monday. Huckabee says, I'm not a lawyer, but it sure seems that in a real court of law, Schiff and Nadler would be disbarred for their manipulation of evidence. Well, I think we all agree with that. Huckabee went on to say there were in effect lying, they were, in effect, lying to the jury. Nadler not only called the president a dictator, he offended senators by accusing them of participating in the cover-up if they didn't vote to convict. Mike said, I realize there are numerous sleazebag attorneys alive and well and trying cases in courtrooms throughout America, for example, those prosecuting Michael Flynn, but given the importance of this case, These two snakes belong at the very top of the list of those who disgrace their profession. They validate every lawyer joke in the book, though what they're doing to justice and the Constitution is no joke. That's Mike Huckabee. Well, again, I agree with him. I don't personally believe the president is guilty of those two things that they've charged him with, but even if he was, they're not impeachable. They're not illegal. Democrat, Harvard professor Alan Dershowitz, he's made it clear, constitutional case that President Trump is not guilty of any crimes in relation to the impeachment. And he didn't even vote for Trump. He voted for Hillary Clinton. There's no question that our nation is deeply divided over this and other issues morally, mostly moral, but ethical issues that have to do not only with the political system, but with life itself. There's no question That our nation is deeply divided. It hasn't been divided like this since the Civil War. And I say that often on this program because it's so true. But I want to take a few moments today in this context of just utter confusion in our world, in our culture. I want to talk to you a little bit about truth. And I don't want to get philosophical and all get lost in the weeds, as some do. That isn't me. But I do want to talk to you just for a moment about truth. If you take a, just a deep breath, let's take a look at truth. But first, I want to thank you for your support of this ministry. We could not and wouldn't be able to do this without your support. Each month, our budget is met by those of you who listened to this program. It's live every morning. It's delayed on some stations, but it's originates live every morning, every weekday morning. We couldn't do this unless you stood with us every month. If for one month everybody took a vacation, if you tuned in on at this time on your station, you wouldn't hear me. It would be somebody else. That's the way it works here. I mean, that's the truth. So thank you. If you believe in what we're doing, see the value of it, or feel that the Lord would have you to join us please do we need you to your support we need you to join up with us and help us do what we're doing our address your gifts your contributions are tax deductible our address is box 399 bellevue washington 98009 box 399 bellevue washington 98009 when pontius pilate asked christ moments before his crucifixion It's a haunting question. But he looked right at Jesus Christ, who is the truth. He said, what is truth? I think he was asking that question for every non-believer on the planet, then and now. It's a question that the rest of the Gospels spend answering. This is why Jesus didn't even answer Pilate, but he stood there. Because he himself is the answer. He is the truth. Every day Christians are confronted with a bewildering array of choices and ethics and actions and lifestyle. And there are so many gray and shaded and complicated things in our lives today, more than ever before. For the most part, according to Barna and other research organizations, I quote Barna often because that's a Christian organization. Barna is a Christian. But there are others, too, that they they come up with the same results. They vary in number or percentage, but they're basically the same trend. Some of the studies show that as few as 9%, I think that's low, but there are studies that show that as few as 9% of self-identified born-again Christians have a biblical worldview for a basis of making life decisions. 91% do not. They don't even understand what that is. I don't think it's that bad, but it's bad. One study I showed... Uh, that I saw showed that among evangelical pastors, about 71%, it was 69.8 or 9, claimed to have a biblical worldview in their preaching content. In fact, a recent survey among the United Methodist Church, they're getting ready to split in May, they're going to have a vote, and they're going to vote to split those who embrace gay marriage and I don't know whatever else that's stands in absolute stark contradiction to the Bible are going to go one way and the others that embrace the Bible and Wesleyan's theology they're going to go the other way. it's going to split the church is going to split the Methodist Church but in the among the pastors only 27% of United Methodist pastors claim to have a biblical worldview. Many of them said in their responses it's complicated. It isn't just black and white. Yes, it is. It is black and white. Jesus Christ dying on a cross and bleeding to death in front of the Roman soldiers and those gathered there is not, it's not (laughs) complicated. It's very simple. He is the truth. Everyone has a worldview, but relatively few have a biblical worldview. One of the foundational aspects of a Christian worldview is the matter of absolute truth. And that's what I see every day in this world that we live in. Every day, people are getting more and more quiet about absolutes. And the reason we're doing that is because we're criticized. If a person says, this is the truth, this is the absolute truth, and somebody says, no, I love Joe over here, say, Harold says, I love Joe, and I have a right to marry whom I love. Well, yeah, I, I guess you, you do have a right to love and be loved. and I mean, surely God would. I mean, that's the world we live in. It's compromising. And the person that stands up and says what we say on this program, and others are saying it as well, but speak the truth from the gospel of Jesus Christ and the word of God, which is the infallible, absolute word of God, You're criticized because the criticism goes something like this. Who does he think he is? I hear that. People say that to me sometimes. Who do you think you are? You don't know all the truth. I have my truth. You have your truth. The progressives are fond of saying, you know, have a great day. Stand in your truth. Well, you're not going to have a great day eventually if you stand in your truth. We've got to stand in God's truth. And it's getting more and more costly. I don't mind. But it's getting more and more costly to proclaim the truth of the gospel. And pastors are becoming more silent on certain issues. Christians are becoming silent. We're called, I mean, it's called proselytizing if you go out and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we tend to not share the gospel of Jesus Christ to lead people to Christ because, well, it's proselytizing. I mean, Do you want to tell a Muslim about Jesus? Yes, you do. But what if they react? They probably will. But what do you do with the words of Jesus when he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? How do you deal with that? Well, Lord, you don't understand. It's complicated. No, it isn't complicated. It just takes a matter of boldness. It takes a matter of looking to God for strength and trust and his protection, and his anointing, and his direction in our lives. That's the world we live in now. And the truth is found, it's very simple, and it's very clear. The truth is in the person of Jesus Christ. And that's what the world is unwilling to accept until they come to him and know him personally. And it's our job to lead them to that point. Drawn by the Holy Spirit, of course. Thank you so much for being with me today on this Monday. We will continue right here tomorrow.